0: I, I've laid the stage. Now mm-hmm. you're looking for those like pivotal points. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of interested. Like, what, what are the what are the improvements uh, that you saw in computing from 2010 until now? Okay. Uh, so, what what are those major improvements? And okay. then I'm also very interested. Uh, once we once we take a step back and look at all those, uh, looking at like what was kind of the the defining moment of the 2010s that you feel like this is where things really took off. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to hit that moment actually fairly soon okay. in the 2010s. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, let me let me just kind of di- okay. My my focus here is on NVIDIA and and then GPU acceleration because this is this is what this was a game changer. This changed the world. Right. There's no question. And I'll I'll give you the, 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 we already talked about one pivotal pivotal point was the development of CUDA and the establishment of the ecosystem. Right. That was um, that. That was huge. That was the end of the 2000s. That laid the stage. Uh, now, just over the decade, okay, it wasn't all about NVIDIA. Intel did some really brilliant, great stuff too. They made they made uh, real big strides in computing. They gave us the the uh, AVX vector unit. On on uh, vector units were something that you had on like mainframes and custom supercomputers and stuff. Uh, but now we had a vector unit on the CPU uh, attached to cores in the CPU. It's like, OK, that that was significant. But matrix vector operations is what uh, scientific computing is all about. Right. And uh, so that, like, boom, big performance increase. And then they progressed. They went to another layer, a better vector unit that, uh, that you had AVX, and then you had AVX256, which AVX2. And that doubled that
0: performance, you know, from the AVX. So uh, this was so this was essentially increasing productivity on on workstations for probably, this kind of work. Yeah,
1: and and clusters and just CPUs in general. Sure. And it was uh, these vector units. You you went from the number, you know, from executing maybe uh, maybe really joyously executing maybe four operations per clock cycle on the CPU to being able to generate, to execute eight, you know, eight operations. Right. You know, uh, multiplies and adds. Right. Fundamental stuff uh, per clock tick. And 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 then that doubled again, so that's like 16 times. So it's like 16 times faster than what the old days were. Right. And so, so the advent of the vector unit uh, is is one of the the things that that really helped a lot with scientific computing. Um, that was, and and that stuff happened during the the 2010s for Intel. So they were rolling for a while. The uh, AVX five twelve was a, a biggie. They had some interesting stuff that turned out to be kind of flops. Like, well, just, I'll tell you this little story. This is this is related to why I'm here at Fujitsu. Sure. <laughs> Uh, I'll talk about Intel for a little bit. So Intel did some brilliant stuff. Okay, there, there's no question. They moved, they raised the bar, they moved things forward. They they increased core count amazingly, and improved the processors. But they kind of stagnated after about the mid 2010s. They started to kind of stagnate. They couldn't deal with power problems. You know, they couldn't get die shrinks to where they can get more power efficiency. Right. And and uh, and get the kind of performance gains they they that they wanted um but uh, one thing that that did come up in the the 2010s um was the intel the the, the xeon five ZM5. which i want to call fee because i'm a mathematician um <laughs> well that's essentially what brought you here right that's what brought me yeah. here that that was i was we had moved out to seattle and i'm i'm kind of hanging out you know i was doing consulting work for gpu computing that's what i was doing i was uh um, uh, I was doing workstations and, and stuff like this with GPUs uh, at a time where it was not mainstream really yet. And uh, so, uh, but it was like, wow, okay. I, you know, I really want to play with this. Yeah, thing. <laughs> this looks really cool. And it did look really, it was awesome. It was, it was an wow. incredible device. And so I, I walked in the, I, you know, I sent mail to John and it's like, hey, you know hey I want like like to play around with this thing can I get a job is that what you, it was <laughs> I, I'd like to come down and talk to you guys about doing because you know I looked around it's like okay yeah Puget, I knew Puget from ages ago I hate to say it but I knew him about him because please of, tell don't me say it wasn't it, the, yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, it was I'm the, oil, it was it up, the yeah. f- oil
0: fish tank <laughs> <laughs> but, it's like you who must not be named yeah every, everyone
1: everyone everyone doing computing knew about that sure that was so amazing um but so I came in and said, "Are you guys interested in doing, you know, uh, you, you could tell I could I could tell that that uh, Systems was making a transition from boutique gaming into more serious computing stuff." Right. And it was like, "Okay, let me let me go talk to these guys and see if they want to, uh, you know, capitalize more on, on the scientific computing, kind of move more in that direction." And and frankly, I wanted to play with the stuff, <laughs> so it was like it was a win-win. Yeah. So I came down and it's like, "Yeah, great, cool." And so I did. So and uh, that was uh, that was really fun. That started my relationship here.
0: Yeah. And uh, the it's been all downhill from there, right? Oh, what, I yeah. tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but
1: the the uh, fight was the fight was brilliant, but it fizzled out by the end of the de- by the end of the decade. It's gone. It's gone. And it started as as an effort by Intel to do a discrete GPU. That's where it came from. Hmm. So it's, it's been it's ten years later, and now they're actually trying to they're actually doing the GPU that they wanted to do, way long to, ten right, years. Right. Yeah. So that that's um, um. But anyway, so that was that was one of Intel's kind of disappointing moments. But
0: so but, what was the what was the fate of the Xeon Phi there? So it died off, was that due to, it was built for a use case that doesn't exist, or?
1: No, well, okay, it was another one of those things where um, I didn't go to a specific meeting or workshop wherever where kind of everybody decided this, like, you know, like the early one at NCSA. Sure. But it was basically, everybody tried it. Everybody wanted to do it because it was like, wow, this is really cool because I can actually use Intel compilers. And uh, I, you know, I have to be careful about vectorization and parallelization, and and but I can, you know, I can optimize the code so that it actually runs really well on here, and there's serious performance to be gained. But the bottom line was that, in spite being touted as being easier to do, it was actually not easier to do. E- easier to do than, than GPU computing. Right. Easier to, to work with than CUDA. And the, uh, at the end of the
0: day, it so was... So that's where, that's where that, that moat that NVIDIA had kind of built, CUDA, that's, that's where that was so important. Right? Yes,
1: that's where it was so important. There, the developer ecosystem was just brilliant. And it turned out that, yeah, it was, it was not easy to program for GPUs, but it was not anywhere near as easy as everybody thought it was going to be to program for the FI. And by the time you put the effort in, it was essentially the same amount of effort and the GPUs were faster and uh, Intel canceled I can't argue with that. They they canceled a, a supercomputer that was going to be I mean it was a big oh, wow. deal a big DOE contract got scrapped. <laughs> it was like that was the end of it, and that was the end of the fight that was it was gone. Wow. Um, so. That was, a, that was not good for, for Intel, but, sure. but Intel started off really great. They, they did some just brilliant stuff. Towards, towards the end of the decade, they were, I mean, a lot of questionable things going on at Intel, just really not so great. I think things have turned around for them now. They have a new CEO. Things are looking good. They've got some pretty good ideas coming up, and they're making acquisitions that are really intriguing. <laughs> That'll get to my predictions sure, later. Sure, sure. When we're looking know. forward, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but anyway, so so that was that was Intel. Then then there was AMD. And like I said, you know, uh, unfortunately and really sadly, uh, uh Intel kind of they just edged into the boom on cluster c- computing, the supercomputing boom on and um uh, and and AMD did nothing. They just stagnated. The Opteron just they didn't advance it. Um, the, the best thing that AMD did during the decade was Lisa Su, their CEO. Sure. She's brilliant. She's the real deal. She's an engineer. She's great and she's turned that, as far as I'm concerned, I give her most of the credit for AMD's resurgence. Wow. And, um, uh, and they're back s- stronger than ever. They're innovating. They're doing new stuff yeah. that everybody's going to be following so so they are back but they were missing they were gone they were missing in action during the 2010s um, but there was that there was other cool stuff that was going on there was things that that looked like they might explode like they just might um, you know IBM had the, the power architecture which just is just brilliant and there was like this open open power it was like oh oh my my goodness they're gonna this, I mean this that's one of the best CPU architectures ever and uh, but it's proprietary it's IBM stuff it's like okay now there's open power like whoa okay so so maybe this is going to take off this was
0: back right in the middle of the decade
1: right this was like 2014 2015 yeah yeah yeah, this is a few years back and uh so that looked hugely promising it looked like NVIDIA was gonna I mean and NVIDIA did it was at GTC
0: wasn't it yeah. It was yeah, at GTC. Yeah. The they were were Power yeah.
1: Conference was happening simultaneous with uh, uh, GTC. Right. So, that looked really promising. I was going, oh, man. You know, because they were like much licensing design. It's like, oh, man. If somebody can make these CPUs, this is something that's really competitive. And it looked like... Nvidia was gonna go okay we're gonna like really do our own I thought that's exactly where they were going yeah that. I mean a lot of people did I sure I sure did uh, but they, but they backed down so it, it, it that kind of
0: that kind of didn't happen um, do you have any insight any thoughts in, into kind of why that happened it yeah I know why it happened
1: um, the, the reason that happened is that the x86 architecture is so ingrained. Oh, sure. And actually this was at uh, GTC, oh man, was it even last year or year before? But I was, I was listen, listening to Jensen's uh, keynote and he, he they, uh, well, okay, there, there was another, I'll, I'll come back to that, Jensen keynote. Okay, remind me if <laughs> I get lost. <laughs> but uh, so there, there was that. There was an, uh, alternative architectures. Okay, it was looking like the 2010s were going to be a decade of uh, towards the end of alternative architectures. Maybe something really interesting. Um, the the other architecture that looked really strong towards again towards the end was uh, ARM, and it's like whoa because people they starting to make an ARM process, ARM's license, anybody can build ARM, uh, yet it's licensed, um, so you have to pay, sure. but uh, the core design is really good, it's a risk processor, it's like, it's it's uh, in a sense like cuts a lot of the old uh, Unix stuff back in the day, everybody had their own processors, and that architecture has some real strengths, and it's possible to do really high performance stuff with that. And you had high-performance ARM. It's like, wow. And I mean, and it's still going. But it, and again, NVIDIA was so well established and it looked like NVIDIA might go with ARM. A- and they have to some extent. Um, they, they, they still do a lot of stuff with ARM. You have Tegra and, and they're, that's their own ARM processor. And, uh, but it looked like they might do something on the high end with ARM. You know the real serious high-performance computing with sure. ARM, and it's possible to do that, but it's okay. Now back to that keynote key with Jensen. Um, you you had OpenPower and you had ARM, and the the kind of the key player here was NVIDIA because accelerators were so well established at that point. It was like, and NVIDIA. Uh, it, Jensen just he he was, he was talking and he he made a comment and it was like he, he was talking about st- platform stability and all this and, the, and then he said something like like x86 and you could just hear this tone i i, I picked up <laughs> on it immediately sure, I was yeah. like, I, in a way i could i could hear in his voice that he was just kind of going crud yeah <laughs> there was defeat in the voice there, there was a little bit of defeat there I mean, you know, it was, it was practicality. It was, you know, uh, Jensen, Jensen Wong has brilliant CEO. He's sure. fantastic. Absolutely. And, and uh, so it was, it was like, okay, it's the best thing. The best way forward is for us to keep with Intel as the uh, underlying architecture and, and, uh, and, and just kind of go with that. Right. And uh, so, so those things, they, they had promised they've sparked and they may still research, you know that um, I, I think alternative architectures are just prime, um, but um, so 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 that that kind of took care of all the other players. So nobody really came out shining at the end of the at, at the end of the 2010s, other than Nvidia. Intel, like I said, Intel did some really brilliant stuff, especially in the first
0: part of the decade. Yeah, well, they were it was great. Um, and as exciting as AMD is right now, there's still, there's still a lot to prove, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and they
1: missed the
0: 2010s. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, but, okay. So I do want to, I think I know where you're going, I would love to talk a little bit about like what was, of, of all these things uh, that happened in the 2010s, like what was the, to you, the defining moment um, where like things just kind of uh, clicked and things uh, accelerated rapidly? The the thing okay I I think there's a moment
1: I think a lot lots of people will agree with me that the, the um, it was 2012 it was 2012 okay and that's um okay on, on Nvidia hardware this was at the the time of the the Fermi architecture this this was kind of like the base this was the Tesla C uh, 2070. This was uh, the, this stuff was really good. The GeForce, uh, you had the GTX 580, 470, uh, those gaming GPUs, which were just amazing. They were great. And and, uh, the uh, CUDA had advanced really a lot. That was the Fermi architecture. It was 2012. Um, uh, uh, Jeffrey Hinton uh, kind of one of the most persistent machine learning deep learning uh, neural network researchers he struggled for through the AI winter, trying to promote the use of neural networks for for AI okay for my machine learning with uh, neural networks and um uh, the, but it, there, you know, there, 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 that's a whole another story, right there. Okay? <laughs> that, that's actually one really interesting. But it was a shame that that he kind of got pushed aside by uh, some, some of the big names in AI with the traditional approach to AI, saying that you know ne- neural networks were no good, that they were not going to happen, <laughs> and it just derailed everything for it uh, over a decade. It was really sad. But Hinton persisted. I mean, really persistent, okay? <laughs> okay. And uh, the 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 Godfather—he's the Godfather. The 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 people that um, really brought all of the modern machine learning stuff to light came from um, um, most of them came out of Hinton's group. Okay. And in 2012, okay, there there was a. There, there was, there's this competition that was had been going on, and this is for, it's called the Large Scale Visual Recognition Challenge, and this was uh, with ImageNet, um, and this was, you know, a big, a collection, a big collection of images, and the, the, challenge was to uh, classify them, to, to be able to recognize um, uh, uh, objects in images. Sure. And this had been going on, and people were doing, you know, traditional machine vision stuff. Uh, computer vision has been around for quite a while. It predates, you know, what we're looking at now with uh, uh, machine learning stuff, the, the neural network stuff. Right. And um, but you know, this was a biggie. And in 2012, uh, Alex Krzyzewski, uh presented a paper and they they competed in there and they blew the competition out of the water they just they massive improvement on the uh, the the air rate and and they did it with a convolutional neural network alexnet okay okay um that that in itself was, that was a game changer because this was like, wow, that really, that worked. It was, everybody took notice of this. This was like hugely important. But the, the thing
0: that now, what, made now, it. What was more exciting? Was it the, the performance gain or, or being able to see what it is that you could actually do with it?
1: well both. both yeah yeah but the performance gain okay what kind of made this possible the, the thing that really cemented it and it, to me it's a pivotal point they did they trained alexnet with two with a, 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 a on a workstation with two 580 gpus in it GTX 580s right in there. boom that was the game changer. That was the game changer right there. Um, because everything before that was on massive CPU clusters. You know, the, the huge problems. And here is this, kind of this, you know, this convolutional neural, this new idea. Well, it wasn't really a new idea. This stuff goes way back. I, I played around with neural networks when I was a grad student in the 90s. Wow. Yeah, this stuff has been around that long, but it, it didn't take off then because there we didn't have the computational power to sure. really exploit it, and there wasn't the huge amounts of data and stuff that we have now. It is, so oh, that's a good point, too. Yeah. But in, in 2012, everything kind of came together. The GPUs GPUs were good. CUDA was in place. Um, uh, Hinton persisted,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, uh, and everybody did brilliant work, and and... The fact that they were able to do this on a workstation with a couple of GPUs, you know, they, they coded that stuff up for CUDA. Yeah, and it was amazing. That from that point on, GPU computing exploded. That was the start of the uh, the the machine learning. The expl- I don't know what to use other than explosion sure. that we've had for the last several years. And uh, that completely transformed NVIDIA, because if you look at what NVIDIA has done since then, I mean, everybody wanted to compute on GPUs, and and uh, you know, more towards the end of the decade, you started getting these frameworks like like TensorFlow and you know all that stuff, PyTorch, all these great things going on there, um, that were. Uh, that were designed really kind of in a way to exploit the architecture on a GPU really really well. Right. These t- tensor operations are great on GPU, and and that was perfect for for these neural networks, especially the convolution networks. Um. So so it was it was a perfect fit. The performance was outstanding, and everybody could do it. You didn't you didn't you could buy a gaming GPU. Okay, th- I mean, okay, that was that was Fermi. That was the 580. You had the the. Okay, things really kind of came forward with the, the 680 and the 700 series. The, the 600 uh, on the G4 side, but you had the Tesla, like the K10, K20, K40. Th- those GPUs that that came up after this stuff started with the machine learning started exploding, and uh, the the K40. Uh, those GPUs, those Tesla GPUs wound up going into supercomputers. <laughs> they wound up getting deployed into big clusters and because they had so much performance, the ecosystem had developed so far that I mean, yeah, that was a, a huge huge leap in com- computational capability, sure
0: and uh, and it only got better yeah I can't help but uh, I can't help but think back to I remember attending GTC. Back in oh man, I can't even remember what year it was at this point. Maybe 2014. Yeah. Uh, whatever yeah, year I, it was that they launched the Titan. Yeah. Yeah. And it, th- there was something about there was something about that that event uh, and them launching the Titan. They just felt like that changed the game for everyone. That was pivotal. That was that was actually where it was like really in your
1: face how f- much things changed. Yeah. Because it yeah it went from o- over the course of a year you know that the that the 2012 the the uh the image that ch- the challenge there that was like the wake-up call everybody was like this is what we got to do then they spent the year doing it and then you know they everybody started working on it nvidia's doing more and more and more work to support this community and then yeah that gtc i remember it it was just palatable yeah it was so much excitement and uh yeah, and the Titan was freaking great. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, that the, that whole, the Titans have just been wonderful. And they've just gotten, like, they've doubled every time. There's insane performance out of those cards. Um, uh, but, yeah, you could just feel it. Jensen was up there on stage with that Titan, and it was just like... Oh, you could tell he was holding his baby He up. was like, this is killer. And, and it was. And, and And it was not a cheap card, but it was like, that was anybody really could do that yeah and uh uh oh yeah and those gpus are just brilliant everything uh since that time uh, you know back in the early days gpus were w- when you push them for compute yeah sometimes they would fail you know, they they were not really they were made for gaming and stuff like that, and it was just like, but but Nvidia just nailed it. They improved the architecture so much; it became so reliable. By the time you got into the, the Pascal architecture, that's where you've got like the ten eighty Ti. Yep. Yeah. The huge that's the biggest workhorse for machine learning. I mean, uh, that that's like the default standard for somebody doing development work, and and uh, do, doing even production work in a workstation environment and stuff like that. That. They had to find it they were so good and very very reliable heavy load constant great great stuff and then on the the Tesla side along with that you know the p100 p40 whatever yeah fantastic um, but yeah yeah that that just exploded the, the whole AI thing uh, the the frameworks with the GPU acceleration it it's Incredible how much, how, 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 from, from AlexNet to some of the, the modern stuff that's being done in research, like at, at Microsoft and yeah. at, at Google and stuff like that. Huge, insanely huge amount of billions of parameters yeah. to optimize. Just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and, and uh, NVIDIA just keeps rolling. You know, they they, they uh, to me the 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 volta, which we didn't really get volta in the G force other than the Titan V, sure. But that one really changed things for supercomputing. The V V one hundred has like crazy double precision floating point performance, really really good. So it, it 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 quelled all those issues about like well yeah we need double precision for our scientific work. It's like here you go. Um, so, now that's not as important on the machine learning side. For though. machine learning side, yeah. no. 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 And in fact, that was the, the the next thing they did. You know, you've got these tensor cores. They went the other direction. Right. It's like, "Wow, okay, we can get a, a whole lot more performance if we drop the precision." It's like, these models are huge and they're statistical. It's like, yeah, all we had, you know, there's so many parameters involved. That as long as the model itself doesn't numerically blow up, then you can get away with a lot lower precision, and they were great. And so now you've got you've got you've got tensor cores and and uh, and things related to that that are just again mm-hmm. double the performance. Right. So um, yeah, j- that's just crazy. And and then. Uh, you know, kind of in a way, from from the HPC angle and stuff like that, kind of a, a kind of a crowning moment, if you will, to end the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, you, you've got uh, the Oak Ridge. You've got the DOE machine at at Oak Ridge National Labs, the uh, Oak Ridge Summit. Um, that is the fastest supercomputer. That's the fastest computer in the world right now. Wow, that's number one on the top five hundred list. That is uh, like 200 petaflops, which is like, if you don't know what that is, it's like just a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> okay? like crazy a lot. You know, they're trying to get, they're trying to add another zero onto the, the numbers there. But, um, and you know, that all kind of uh, came into place. The, this, the supercomputer there before that was on Opterons and NVIDIA GPUs. Okay. Okay. That's, that's what Summit replaced was that that old machine. Um, but um, it, which was great It was the fastest computer in, in the US. The um, but uh, yeah, the Oak Ridge, so much that's on IBM. That's on power architecture. That's power nine. But that uh, that that 200 pedal flops, 90% of that comes from the NVIDIA cheap. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, those those are V100s in there. There's there okay. I, I looked at some stats on that. That's, there's 4600 nodes, uh, so that 4600 units. Th- th- that's Power Nine in there, with and each one has six uh, a Tesla V100s in it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and the GPUs are what really. I mean, that, that's a great arc. There's a lot of kind of unique things about that architecture. Fastest supercomputer in the world. You hope there's some unique things sure. about it, right? Yeah. Um, but what's driving it is the NVIDIA GPUs. They're just great. So that ends the decade um, uh, with NVIDIA. And it was just crazy. The, the performance gains from the beginning of the 2010s to the, to the end of the 2010s on GPU computing. And the, the uses, the amount of it. Anybody can do this machine learning stuff. Anybody can do this. You you get a workstation with a a modern gaming. You can take your gaming rig. You you can buy what is essentially a gaming rig. And expand it a little bit. You know, put a couple extra TPUs. Sure, sure. Right. Now you have now you have a research workstation for doing great machine learning work. And everybody can learn how to do this. The frameworks have been become so good and. Um, the usability is increasing massively, uh, yeah, so it just exploded and there's no, you know, they're talking about a little bit of a kind of a slowdown because this hasn't been in in the business world, you know, okay, it's been hyped
0: like crazy. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's been hyped it's, out. It's of, probably it's, the buzzword, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's just like insane what people's notions of what this stuff is. It's like, no, it's not, it's not as, uh, it's not Terminator yeah, stuff, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, we don't want to call anyone out, right, Elon Musk? But. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: uh, but but the reality is, it's just fantastic, and anybody can get involved. The tools are wonderful, and and people can do this, and they are doing it, and they're doing. People are doing great stuff. Re- on the research side, yeah, this is where you you need like the mathematics background, and and because this is really serious stuff under right. the hood. Uh, but the usability for actually applying it and working with it is, is accessible to everyone. It's so, insane. So yeah, this it's, is still, it's still it's moving forward like crazy. There's insane to think that it's only been eight years, basically. Oh, I know, I know, I know. That, that's the thing. But so th- that's, so that's, to me, that was like, that's the most significant thing in the 2010s. Absolutely.
0: is the, the explosion of GPU computing. So let's, and, so let's wrap things China up here and then um, yeah. and look forward a little bit. Let's think about what, uh, what company, maybe it's the same one, uh, but what company you think will be the biggest player here in the 2020s, uh, and, and what you kind of hope to see in this next decade. I thought about that a little bit, Yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fair
1: answer. Yeah, I, I, but I'll tell you why. Uh, for, first of all, I have no reason to doubt that NVIDIA will move forward in a massively big way th- in, into the 2020s um, because they've got so much momentum. They're almost in stop, unstoppable at this point. And um, brilliant people, they, they've just kept feeding into this ecosystem and they've been hiring brilliant researchers. There's people doing serious machine learning, uh, 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 autonomous driving stuff. Right. Nvidia's is huge in this, robotics, NVIDIA has those people on their payroll now, researchers, they're moving the whole research bar forward, So, um, and, and they've got tricks up their sleeves. They can do things, they can optimize the art architectures more specifically to support this kind of work, and uh, I have no doubt that they will. You know they'll still be doing the uh the gaming gpus and stuff like that they're, that's still going to be one of the things that drives it forward and oh, sure. and, and keeps you know uh, finances flowing to facilitate everything but they're they're t- the their gpu computing is self sustained i mean it's totally great at this yeah. point so so they're they're in a really good position to dominate again in the 2020s but there's there's one kind of fallback or one kind of downside with nvidia is it's nvidia now okay (laughs) that means a lot of things to a lot of different people but it it, the thing is it's proprietary it's it's a, a little bit of a closed system there right and you know not everything is open and it's one vendor so that some people go whoa, okay, that makes people uneasy. and, and it, Plus it makes startups and stuff really, really hungry. It's like, okay, how can we get in here? Yep. And um, the, uh, there's so much work being done on alternative architectures, especially on uh, computational devices specifically for machine learning, for this type of workload. And some of the designs look really, really, really good. Um, And I I think, you know, NVIDIA is going to do their own thing and they're going to keep rolling. And and they've got so much momentum, such a good ecosystem. But uh, Intel is in actually a surprising, is in a pretty good position. I don't know if they will, (laughs) if they'll exploit it or not, but they have the potential to build a really good ecosystem they're making noises that they exactly want to do that. Right. This, this uh, uh, what do they call it? One, oh, so, sorry, Intel, please forgive me. <laughs> um, they've got some brilliant initiatives going on right now as far as uh, actually creating ecosystem. Uh, plus, they're working on their own GPU, and this, this is going to be yep. geared towards an accelerator. And, um, and they bought Habana Labs, uh, this uh, uh, Israeli startup company that's, that has a, a chip design that actually looks like one of the more promising of the things. So, you know, they bought Nirvana, they, they bought some stuff uh, a few years ago, and they've kind of moved forward, but they haven't really, you know, had a big hit with that. They haven't uh, really done too much, but they might r- really be able to, to compete with NVIDIA and... and and they're, they've got tons of money and they have great resources, brilliant people working there. So they're, they're in a pretty good position uh, to be dis- very disruptive. I don't know if they can do it or not. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I would say, and then you've got AMD. Okay, Now, now AMD is, pro- they're, gonna, they're killing on the CPU side, but they don't really have much on the accelerator side. I mean, they do, and you can do the stuff on uh, on uh, AMD GPUs, but it's not a great experience. Right. If if anything, ironically, the work that Intel is doing may benefit AMD, maybe How's more that? than <laughs> Intel,
0: <laughs>
1: because because uh, Intel they don't have nobody has CUDA other than NVIDIA. Okay, right. That's plus and minus there. Um, but there's there's uh, uh, OpenCL and uh, OpenCL is an alternative for uh, you know for uh, heterogeneous um, architectures yeah and so you and you can so you can compute for all kinds of devices with uh, OpenCL including FPGAs uh, programmable field programmable gate arrays right which is another kind of hot thing Um, so Uh, Intel essentially has to 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 develop that ecosystem if they do it will benefit AMD also that's true and it will benefit all of the alternative architectures that don't have CUDA so it's going to wind up being a whole bunch of people against CUDA maybe Hmm. that's ten years yeah this might go at this um, uh, this was another one of those things that people decided um, it was like, okay, should we do OpenCL or should we do CUDA? It's like, let's try OpenCL. <laughs> <laughs> like, n- no. becomes pretty I, obvious. I mean, pretty I, it, OpenCL is awesome, but it was not really very, it's not really, in my opinion, in my opinion, I looked at it I just cringed. Uh, and and uh, I didn't want to mess with it. And in, unless it was wrapped in like brilliant libraries and frameworks and stuff like that, it's like I don't think anybody else is either. But it could end up being wrapped in brilliant libraries and frameworks. Right. And Intel's and, uh, and in a good position to do that. If they do that, then um, actually that could uh, ultimately be a very, very good thing. Um, so, so that that's kind of that's that's kind of my take on where things are going to go in in 2020. It's 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 actually still pretty hard to predict, but I think we're going to see emergence of some alternative architectures. Something and an alternative.
0: Now, that was the last thing that I was going to ask here. Actually, is is if you see uh, the 2020s becoming kind of the the decade of. Uh, specialized hardware for for the specific use cases. Yeah, and specialized hardware in general. You've got
1: edge computing. You have a whole lot of things that are that are kind of laying the foundation for for very specialized hardware. Um, you know, just internet of things, you know, IOT stuff, mm-hmm. and edge computing, uh, specialized hardware for all of that stuff. It, and, and then you have this kind of being, getting tied together with a, a, a cloud kind of model of, of resources. Right. Um, yeah, there's a, I, I, think it will, I think it will be a decade of alternative architectures. Uh, but I, I also don't think, I, I believe that the basic core stuff that we're doing now I, I totally believe it will persist because somebody has to sit down and write the code. Somebody oh, has absolutely. To, somebody yeah. has to sit down and ask, somebody has to actually do this yeah. and uh, uh, yeah, so things will change but things will remain the same.
0: That's, that's almost guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. you, know? you can always count on that. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right, well, I think uh, we should probably wrap things up here. Oh, um, that's great,
1: Eric. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, th- first cool. of all, thank
0: you for joining me. Yeah. Um, and then we'll uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, feel free to uh, contact us and give us provide us any feedback. Uh, let us know if there are any topics you'd like to cover in future episodes. Thanks.